I am the sound of revival. The word is waiting for me to be heard. I am the Bible that reads. They will read me and they will. When the Lord spoke to me about holiness and purity conference, it was so strange. Because he woke me up 4 a.m. and said, He has a message. He wants me to send to the body of Christ and to prepare the body of Christ in holiness and purity. First, he gave a revelation and in the revelation we had closed this great gathering and the ministers have come from across the world. Christians have come across the world and there were buses parked and I could see folks carrying their bags with excitement, hugging one another and joining their buses to go to their various destinations. I said, take this message of holiness and purity, preparing the body of Christ for my coming. It was so clear. And so I started thinking, how can this be put together? Holiness and purity. Because in those days, even till today, some few days or months or years, yesteryears, when holiness is mentioned, everybody is thinking about legalism do's and don'ts or condemnation. It also looked like the message of holiness was to condemn people and create a holier than thou kind of behavior. And it was like holiness was what you wore. So in those days, if you wore two nabu and your hair was bushy. No, you have to cut your hair. Your hair should be low. And you must wear bar. The bar must be big, high waist. Then you are a holy brother. <laughs> and when you wear your shirt, you must make sure that it is tight. And the flying tie is like a bib. And then your Bible should be a very big one like a handbag. And you put it on your chest this way. So when you're coming, the tie itself is flying. The bar is flying. Everything about you is flying. And you see spiritual brother, no smile. So when you see your brother, you, you are even afraid already. Because the man is in the spirit. But we have come to understand that holiness is not legalism. It is also not liberality that anything goes. But rather that we would understand that the God who has called us is holy, is a righteous God. He's imputed on us his righteousness and therefore we can't live anyway, anyhow. In these days and time, the Bible makes it very clear and gives us specific signs of the last days. And it is very obvious for the things going on around us. Even COVID should let us know that we are in the last days because it took everybody by surprise. But the challenging thing is that we are in the last days. Many things have happened and many things are unfolding and all is pointing to the coming of the Lord. But it is so sad that the church 
seem not to be ready. The body of Christ, you and I, and those for whom Christ came to die, seem not to be ready. But this time, the cry of holiness and purity is to remind us of God's original plan of preparing the body of Christ for his coming. It is in this vein that I bless the Lord greatly for this opening ceremony of the 31st Holiness and Purity Agenda. We are beginning another decade because this is the 31st, 30 plus 1. So from now on is when our salvation is nearer than when we believed. When even we had this assignment, now we must take it more serious and be more setting about it because the time has been closer than it was when he gave the first instruction that take the message of holiness and purity and prepare the body of Christ for my coming. It's been three decades on. We should be more ready and more prepared than we started it. Beloved, we celebrate the Lord for his faithfulness and I boldly declare the 31st Annual Holiness and Purity Conference duly opened and pray that you and I would understand where we are and how far we have come so we would arise to the occasion and live to fulfill our purpose. For Christ is coming ready 2022. The Lord bless you and welcome. Come with me to First Thessalonians, no, Second Thessalonians, rather, Second Thessalonians, chapter two. If you are there, say Amen. Are you sure you are there? <laughs> I said when you are there. I didn't say say you are there. All right. Second Thessalonians, two. It says, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. That ye be not soon shaken in your mind, in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. Hallelujah. Let no man deceive you by any means. Not by words, not by spirits, not by anything. For the coming of the Lord is closer than we think. And the coming of the Lord is so important for you and I. For we have an assignment and we must prepare ourselves for Jesus our Lord is coming. Without this message of his coming the kingdom preaching is not complete. The kingdom gospel is not complete. We preach about his redemptive work. He came to die on the cross. He rose up triumphantly the third day. He rose up to go sit on the right hand of God the Father. And he is coming back. 
That makes the gospel complete. Hallelujah. And it is time for you and I to understand and know that Christ our Lord, he is coming. It's no joke. It's not a dessert. It's not an Nancy story. Everything going on around us points to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. We may have heard this many years before we were born. We may have heard this because the Apostle Paul in his days spoke about the coming of the Lord. And he spoke about the coming of the Lord because the Lord gave him a revelation of his coming. The Lord Jesus himself, while he walked upon the earth, spoke about his coming again. Hallelujah. Even the prophets of old, Daniel spoke about the coming of the Lord. Jeremiah spoke about the coming of the Lord. Ezekiel spoke about the coming of the Lord and they spoke to us about the last days and those things that would happen. And many of these things are unfolding themselves across the world. But it's becoming more intense and it shall become more intense. Hallelujah. Nothing is going to change for the best. Prices of things are not going to change for the best. There's no way we are still going to go back one day to buy Wache five pesos and Talia and all one CD. No. Hallelujah. I remember in the days when we were in primary school, you are giving Katoge you are able to buy watche talia and the best part of the watche shishia shishia it was awesome wele and it was good but then for dessert you are giving change so you buy, go ahead. I'm sure there are many of you who don't know, go ahead. Black and white. Alewa, Wapi. I'm sure you know about Wapi. And when you don't have the money, but your friend has it, you say, give me some. You put it in his mouth with all the saliva. And give it to you. In those days, we were very safe. We, we really enjoyed it. But today, no, 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 no. Because things have changed. Hallelujah. But you realize that as the years went by, we are drawing closer and closer. And the Bible says in Romans that now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. And folks, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. He says, let no man deceive you. Because in Matthew 24, Jesus spoke about things that would happen. And he said in 13 that, but they that would endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Amen. And the reason why you and I must prepare for his coming and the reason why the pointer is on you and I is because of what he himself has said through the Apostle Paul in Hebrews chapter 3. Can you come with me to Hebrews chapter 3? Hebrews chapter 3 from verse 1. It says, wherefore, holy brethren, hallelujah, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession or our calling, Christ Jesus, who was 
faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful in his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses inasmuch as he who has builded the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Hallelujah. We are supposed to be preparing for the coming of the Lord because you and I have an assignment and have been chosen and appointed and we identified and called as holy brethren, them who have washed their robe in the blood of the, the, uh, the blood of the lamb and have cleansed themselves and have been made righteous. And the Bible says that it's a blessing for sin not to be imputed on us. For if the Lord have counted each one of us by sin, none of us, none of us would have been found righteous. For it is by grace we are saved through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. And he has imputed on us his righteousness, that we would have a right stand with God. So the Bible says that now therefore there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. So we have been made righteous not because of anything of ourselves. We've been made righteous by his redemptive work. And having made us righteous, he calls us holy brethren because in obeying him, then we can become like him. Because the Bible says that and Moses was faithful in all his house. But he himself that called Moses was also faithful. Because he who called him is the father. And he was faithful to the father. And he called Moses. And Moses was also faithful to him. And Bible says that he was even more faithful. And so the glory goes to him. This is where you and I need to understand that we are not just ordinary and common people, but we are holy brethren. He calls us his brothers. He calls us his sisters. He calls us his own. Men and women that when he was leaving the earth after completing his redemptive work for which the father sent him, he was so sure that I will leave my brethren in this earth and I will send them the comforter and they will live the life as the father has commanded me to live because I myself has been an example unto them so they would live to fulfill the example that I have lived before them. Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of your calling. Hallelujah. So we've not been called to become Christians so we can please ourselves. We've not been called to become Christians so our sins can be forgiving and that's all. But we've been called to become Christians by the death he died, by the price he paid. So you and I can understand that there is a price we must pay if we can be able to prepare for his coming. Because he's not coming for a defeated bride. He's not coming for a tainted bride. He's not coming for a polluted bride. He's not coming for a defiled bride. But he's coming for a holy and a pure bride. So he calls us holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. The Bible says that when he has finished everything on Mount Olivet, he was taking off. And when everybody gazed looking at him, the angel of the Lord came and said, Ye men of Galilee, why are you gazing in the skies? This same Jesus that had walked and mourned you and you've seen the works of the Father in him, just as you see him go, so shall he return. Hallelujah. 
Just as you see him go, so shall he return. And I want you to know that just as the Lord came for our redemption and salvation and for all the things that happened around his birth, so shall those same things come as signs for us to realize that as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end. They demanded that everybody would go to their hometown for a census. And Mary and Joseph went also and he was born. There is a gathering again, a gathering again of all sorts. And those that gathered and ruled in the days of his birth will still rule and reign in the days of his coming. And everything proves to us that there's a kind of life that you and I would have to live and we have to take a little pause and re-examine ourselves and realize that beyond receiving salvation which is free, we must now go on to live the real life of Christ in making sure that we walk before him in all holiness and preserve and maintain our garments as pure unto him because he's called us and our bodies are his temple and we cannot live anyway anyhow just as we are taught today that because of grace anything goes that is illusion that is deception and said take heed that nobody deceives you we cannot take grace for granted shall we continue in sin that grace may abound God forbid but rather the Bible tells us in 520 of Romans, that where sin did abound, grace did more abound. Because it is the grace of God that enables us to live the life prepared and ready for his coming. Yeah. Folks, we need to look at our lives again. When the Lord sent the message to the seven churches of Asia Minor, he was very specific. Church history tells us that it also refers to the various church ages. But I want you to know that the Laodicean church, which is the seventh church the Lord sent a message to, if you look at the estate of the Laodicean church and everything the Lord said about the Laodicean church, it points to you and now you and I, our age, our dispensation, and our time. We so inward looking, we so believe in ourselves and materialistic things and things of the flesh are things that we uphold and nothing about the spirit is premium and important to us. It says you boast that you are rich. But yet, before me, you are poor. You boast of the medical powerful research you have in Laodicea because of that powerful medicine you have for the eye. And so you believe that you have it. It says, but you are blind. Buy from me an eye salve. Because Laodicea was a very powerful economic hub and every good thing went on there there was money in the place business was flourishing and so the church in Laodicea became more worldly and the world in Laodicea became more churchy the things that are wrong we call them right and things that are right we call them wrong and by this means, if we are not conscious of where we have come and where we are going, we would be deluded, we would be deceived, and to think that, oh, just as in the days of Noah, Bible said they married, they gave in marriage, they did everything as it were. Noah kept preaching the gospel. He said, oh, in Saudi Arabia. And one day, 
the story was different. It said, peace, peace, and sudden destruction. We are gathered in this week to have the Lord wash us again. We are gathered in this week so we can have a bath, a spiritual bath, and receive an awareness that folks, it's not just a matter of sleeping, rising, coming to church, going, having all we want to have, have the fun all we have, and that is it. There is a day coming that the trumpet of the Lord will blow, and the Bible says that in them that are his are those that will be taken away. But how ready are we? Because we are not supposed to be ready by the things we have. We are not supposed to be ready by the material things we have. We are not supposed to be ready by the properties we have. We are not supposed to be ready by all the things because none of those things matter to him, though it matters. It's a seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So he's not against us having these good things. He himself will give them to us. But as he said to Martha, one thing is needful. Luke 10, 42 to 45. He says, one thing is needful. Let's major on the majors, but it's unfortunate that in our time in the Laodicean church age, we are putting so much premium on things that do not matter. But the things that matter rather, we are taking them for granted. Because we cannot phantom and understand that, oh, he's going to come. But beloved, I came to announce to you that you don't lose anything to live a holy life. You don't lose anything to live a pure life. You don't lose anything to be conscious of God and be sure that your day-to-day life is focused on the Lord that you want to please the Lord. For in Proverbs 6, 7, it says, if a man's ways please the Lord, it makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That our desire and our quest shall be that we shall know him and serve him and please him and be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we would be as he is. For 1 Peter 1, 16 tells us that, behold, your God is holy and so we must be holy. He expects us to be holy. He says, I am holy, so be ye what? Holy. And what is this holiness? It's about being conscious of the Lord so that you are conscious of what you do and how you do it. Making sure that you don't contaminate yourself with anything that is sin in the sight of God. Because in our time, Things that are seen in the sight of God is nothing to man because man's way of thinking is different from the way God sees things. But it is time that the church of God should begin to see things from God's perspective. And what is God's perspective? God's perspective is the word of the Lord. For we can do nothing else but by the word of God. And as long as you and I keep hold to the word of God and seek God, we would find him. The time has come in our dispensation, in our time and season, that we would give ourselves wholly to God and to make sure that we are pleasing God that we are not living any way anyhow because certainly for sure Christ is coming and we must be ready ready in our spirits ready in our souls ready in our bodies this journey is not only a spiritual journey. Remember, he created us as spirits, but he gave us a soul and we dwell in a body. And the spirit and the soul and the body must be in order for his coming. First Thessalonians 3.22, I suppose. No, I think so. First Thessalonians 3. Is it 23? So his prayer is that the Lord would preserve our spirit and our soul. Yes, First Thessalonians 5, rather, 23. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you 
holy. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is Paul's prayer. That we will live a sanctified life. That our spirit be kept holy. Our soul be kept holy. And our bodies be kept holy unto the coming of the Lord. So that when the Lord would come, our spirits will not be messed up, our souls will not be messed up, and our bodies will not be messed up, but we will keep it holy for the Lord. Because remember in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, it says, you and I, we are the temple of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. And 1 Corinthians 3, 16. It says, don't you know that our bodies are the temple of the Lord? So we can't handle our bodies anyway, anyhow. These messages are far set now. So if you're a preacher and you emphasize these things, it's like you are, Johnny just come. You are a stranger drawn from some planet. But beloved, these are the things that would make us prepare for his coming. These are the things that will make us ready. How we live our lives. What we engage ourselves with. What we do with one another. What we say with one another. That we should speak truth to one another. That we should not live as though there is no tomorrow. Hallelujah to Jesus. But we must live every day as though the next moment Christ is coming. Says, if the son of man shall come to the earth, shall he find faith on the earth? Beloved, are you ready? Because if you are ready, everything you and I do should focus on the fact that we are ready. Hallelujah. When we leave our homes, stepping out to work, we must be conscious of the fact that he could come and we may not return home. Because when the trumpet blows, the trumpet is not going to tell us that, okay, at this time, everybody should be ready. If it was so, then everybody can do whatever. Then when the time is coming, you just get ready. But because none of us know which time, we must be ready at all times. That also proves our love for him. Because we are not being coerced to serve, but out of our own will, we want to set ourselves apart for him. That is why we must live a separated life. It says, come out from among them and be ye separate unto me. And I'll be a father unto you and you shall be my... I'll be a father unto you. You shall be my people. Hallelujah. What kind of life are we living? It's not enough to go to church. But you see, the, the thing is such that we have become so worldly and our engagements and our enthusiasm and the, the things that take much of us has nothing to do with the things of the spirit. And that is so dangerous. But beloved, we must understand that the Lord has so much confidence in you and I that he intentionally placed us as the last baton carriers. The relay. We have been chosen to take the last baton. And to finish the race. But how ready are you? Hallelujah. In a race, a relay, the first runner goes. Brings the baton to the second. Brings the baton to the third. And the fourth is so ready to take the baton. Recently, I watched a clip and there were children running on a relay. The first one got the baton, ran so fast. Second, fast. Third, fast. Now, when the last one got the baton, instead of moving in this direction, he rather went the opposite direction. And he was running so fast, but he was gone the opposite direction. And that is what the church of God is doing. We are so excited, we are not even conscious of where we are going. So when he 
took the baton. Instead of going this direction, he just took the baton. He collected the baton from this way, but turned this way. He said, hey. Ask yourself, how am I running this race? Hello? Are you going the opposite direction? That you can never make the mark. He ran with all his strength. Now, everybody's attention was on him. He could not be bothered. He was only going. It is not only running. For the battle is not to the strong. And the race is not to the swift. But you've got to take time and make sure that you are running lawfully. You are running orderly. You are running by the rules. Beloved, in this journey, our life from Egypt to Cana is like this life we are running. On the journey going to the promised land, the very thing that our fathers and those of old, the ancient folks, were so much concerned about that they wanted to stone Moses, they wanted to kill Moses, all the things that they cried for. There was no one single thing that was spiritual. All the aloes of Egypt, the cucumber of Egypt, the flesh pot of Egypt, the ginger of Egypt, the biscuit of Egypt, the aquano of Egypt, the water, everything. They even wanted to return. But the Bible says that for our father Abraham, they sought for a country with builder and maker was God. For which cause they were not mindful from where they had come. Were they mindful, they would have returned. But they saw it afar off and they did what? They embraced it. We should be embracing that which is ahead of us. We should embrace that which is ahead of us. We are just passing through. But sometimes we forget to think that this is our final destination. No. This is not our final destination. And you don't have to fear because grace is still available to amend our ways and correct things. But you have to understand that he's coming for a people that are holy. He's coming for a people that are prepared and are in anticipation in great expectation for him and that everything they are doing is so conscious to please him. It may be difficult. It may be shameful. It may even cost us our lives. But it's worth it. Hallelujah. It says, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider. Amen? What are we considering? What means so more important to us? Where are we placing the premium? Jesus is coming soon. Ready? How ready are you? Your preparation is in what you do every day as a child of God. Your preparation is in how you cherish and obey his word. It is time that folks, each one of us would take our personal work with God seriously. It's so important. You can't trade it. Take it more importantly. Take it more seriously and give yourself to seeking God because the Bible says that if you seek him, he'll be found of you. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. Seek him while he is near. Seek him while he may be found. We have all the time to ourselves. But the time is coming that we may not be able to. Because all the things going on in the world today, if you look at Russia today, they are now going back to the consecration camps. They are now going back to burn the gospel from preach, being preached in there. That even You can't even enter the place as a preacher to preach the gospel or to hold the Bible. You can't even talk to anybody. 
Jesus said, whosoever seeks his life shall lose it. And whosoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. We've got to begin to renew our minds and begin to be very conscious of God and take our work with God very seriously that no more jokes, no more play. Because beloved, yet a little while, while we think that all is okay and there's nothing for you to even see that, hey, it's going to happen in a twinkle of an eye. It happens. And it cannot be reversed or stopped or changed. So you and I, once we are alive, we have every opportunity to make amends. Once we are alive, because when we die, there is no more opportunity again to correct it. But once we are still alive today, once even you are in this sanctuary this night, once even you are part of this conference, 2022, of Christ is coming soon, ready, it's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call. That folks, you don't lose anything to live a life that is pleasing God. You don't lose anything to walk in truth and be sincere and faithful in your work with God. You don't lose anything taking your prayer life seriously. You don't lose anything taking the word of God seriously. Let men call you any name. Let men act any way towards you. But the most important thing is that you've got to please the Lord. For if a man's ways please the Lord, he, that's the most important thing. He says, what shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. I pray that the energies we put in everything that meets our quest. We should put in more energy for the things of the spirit. We should put in more energy because sometimes I look at us. I look at the church of Christ. I look at the body of Christ. I look at Christ and it is like something has blindfolded us. We are forgotten that we are going somewhere. I keep wondering that what happened? Gradually, people are no more placing premium on the word of God. And in, in a nice way, we are gradually even forgetting about Using the hard copy. And it's all internet. Good. Technology. Good. I also have one. To make sure that I'm, I'm abreast with time. But I love this one. Hallelujah. So I have. The mini iPad. It's just on my desk. But I love this one. Because one day I went to preach somewhere. When I put on the iPad, it won't put. My Bible was on it. I put the thing, it won't put. I put the thing, it won't put. I said, yes. Then I asked my armor bearer, do you have your Bible with you? <laughs> He said, yes, Papa. I said, give me your Bible. From that day, I told myself that wherever I go, I will go with the old one. I will go with the old one. Old things are always better. Amen? Because, beloved, sometimes the thing is such that what if where you go, you have your iPad and there's no Wi-Fi and your iPad is not the one that has the chip in that you can have a, a Wi-Fi, then it becomes another matter. We need to spend time and make sure that we are eating the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We have become so worldly, fleshy, so much so that once even we wake up to have our quiet time, our phones are with us. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me.
Zunda mazame azande mama mama yemen Beloved, are we taking God seriously? Why don't you put away that phone somewhere? I mean, there are some of us, when we come to church, when the enemy wants to do you in, that statement that would knock you into your destiny, then a call comes. You go and stand outside. Why don't we put these phones away somewhere? So, 20, 30 years ago, when there were no phones, what were we doing? Beloved, what were we doing? And sometimes you realize that it's a tactful, deliberate thing just to take your time. We spend more time on our gadgets, more than in the word and in prayer. And these are the things that will prepare us for his coming. Amen? So folks, it is time to realize that he's calling us his brethren. He says, holy brethren. Consider the apostle and the high priest of your calling. Consider Moses who was faithful in all his house. Consider Jesus and his faithfulness. How faithful are we in the house of God? How faithful are we for the things that are being entrusted into our hands? How faithful? How are we handling and managing the things that God has placed in our hands? Whilst the Bible says that every man shall be rewarded according to his works. Salvation is free because it's by grace. But for reward, it's based on what you have done. Amen? And it is the will of God that after we have done the will of God, we must be patient to receive the promise. So we are in the process of receiving all that we have done in our lives. And we must be sure that it must please God. Because if we don't please God, and we please man, because no man can reward us. And even men, you can't count on. They promise you today, tomorrow says, oh, I said it, but I've changed my mind. What would you do? I said it, I promised, but I've changed my mind. Would you kill them? Would you beat them? There's nothing you can do. But let's put our trust in the one who never fails. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. It's time to re-examine ourselves. Second Corinthians 13, 5. It says, re-examine yourselves and see whether you are still in the faith. Because the thing is that when we come to church, there is nothing that like, like a, for, for COVID, all of us were supposed to take our temperatures. And we did it religiously. We're supposed to use sanitizers. We did it religiously. We're supposed to wash our hands. We did it religiously. When are we also going to take our spiritual temperature to see whether we qualify to even come into the house of God? When are we going to take, and that one, nobody, and because you have to take it yourself. We've taken it for granted. So now it's become part of us. Face marks. Now when people even are sitting in their cars alone, nobody is with them. Religiously. But what about your prayer life? Your word steady. What about your relationship with your brother and your sister? Because the things that will take us there are not things that you can just weigh or quantify physically. And because of that, we are all hiding behind face masks. Because when you put on the face mask, you can identify each other. 
time has come that we will re-examine ourselves. Whether we are still in the faith. Folks, we need to take some stock. Because so much is going on and, and we have made some people as the epitome of the gospel of the kingdom. So anything they say, we go for it. Because we are believing them as they are the men of God, the renowned men of God, they are the powerful women of God, they have it all. But beloved, in this season of these last days, God is interested more in the commonness. God is interested more in the commonness. The ordinary people, the unknown people that names have not been heard. The simple, the humble, those that seem to be weak, those that have nothing, but their heart cry is to please the Lord. The time has come that we would re-examine ourselves because it looks like something has gone wrong. Things that people have preached and spoken and taught for what reason they come up against it? What I told you some time ago is not true. But the Apostle Paul said, what I'm telling you now, what I'm telling you now, even if an angel comes to say something different, declare him to be accursed. The Bible says in Philippians 3, 15, that what has brought you this far? Hold on to the same thing. Mind the same rule, mind the same thing because whatever takes you up is the same that will take you and maintain you there. But today, so soon, we have become so complacent. Go with those days. You meet a brother, praise the Lord. This is hallelujah. Now you meet the brother, Charlie, how? Say, yeah. We've taken everything so light. I mean, we are toying and playing with spiritual things. And those that are making mockery of our God, those are the people that we hail. Those that are promoting Satan, those are the people that we hail. And the church has become so worldly and the world has become so churchy. But the Lord has deliberately and intentionally planted you in these last days to be the last wine that would taste better than every other. But we must arise. And I want to challenge each one of us under the sound of my voice that the time has come that we would take our work with God seriously. Amen? Take your evangelism life seriously. Take your prayer life seriously. Take your work with God seriously. Walk with God with a pure and a holy heart. Don't play kwani kwani with God. Because he's a faithful God. He's a holy God and wants you and I to be holy. Let's throw away all the beggarly elements, all the things that he delivered us from, all the things that he cleansed us from. Let us not be like the pig. Let us go on and hold on to the values that he gave to us when we encountered him. Hallelujah. I don't believe I'm condemning anybody. This is a message that you and I must understand that and when we come worshiping God, because it's so interesting that certain things have just left the church. Kneeling in worship. Prostrating. When we come to church, we are so conscious of ourselves that we are not able to let go to worship. Because Obisro said, when soon whom we are, ni week ni betiato. Now so we get to our right. The Bible says the 24 other the four they did what? They cast down what? They are crowned. 
na se inti se nipa unu se wig atona uti wae basa na 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 edai inti nu what so humu yesi ama yasasukra uma yankutu yansori nyamia so in worship everybody is so stiff. It's like but in those days, when it is worship, everybody is gone. The least you can see is kneeling down. Otherwise, some of us we have prostrated. You are communion with God because you know you are in that fellowship or worship because of the Lord, not because of anybody. But now when we come to church, everything is about Hina Nefemi. Beloved, where is the seriousness? Who is looking at you? One time, T.D. Jakes was ministering to at a minister's conference. And he said he has a problem with some ministers who don't even have 20, 20 member congregation. But wherever they are going, they have security with them. I says, who, who want to catch you? Who, who want to catch you? Who, who wants to catch you? Amen? It's so sad. The things we are placing premium on. But I want you to understand that the kind of things we are valuing before God and who here. Let's seek God while he may be found. Because he's seeing us as holy people. And we cannot fail him. Let's seek to be like the father who gave birth to us. Let's look at Jesus. His faithfulness to the father. Everything Jesus our Lord did was to please the father. He said, as I see the father do, so do I. Where have you placed your values? For the things that you do in your day-to-day -day life, what is the premium? What is your motivation? Hello? For the things you do every day, what is your motivation? What is your drive? Are you trying to do something to represent something and just, just pass by? No. I think that, beloved, before we leave this terrestrial board, we must leave a mark. The Bible says that an Enoch worked with God and he was not. But before his departure, he had a testimony that he pleased the Lord. He had a testimony that he pleased the Lord. Who are you pleasing? He says we should fear the one who is able to kill the soul and the spirit and the body in hell. Beloved, hell is not a joke. And the thing is that we don't even have to become Christians or live right because we don't want to go to hell. We must do what we are doing with all diligence, boldness, commitment, devotion, dedication because we love the Lord. So what do I write here? But if it's because you just want to go to heaven, beloved, there are various levels in heaven. Heaven is not just a flat place. Say, oh, I'm in heaven, so that is it. There are saints that have gone ahead of us. There are people that never loved their lives and they died. What price are you ready to pay? Because we are in the last days. The enemy is rising with all kinds. And the Bible says in, in, in 1 Thessalonians 3, 3, it said, before the day of the Lord, there must first be a falling away. So never get surprised when some powerful preachers that used to preach the true word of God now come and say that the thing they even preached some time ago, they don't even believe it. It's no longer true. The Bible says that there shall be a falling away. 
There shall be a falling away. So we must be each other's keeper. Because if we are not too careful, who could have told you that some people can come and say that for grace, anything goes. Because of grace, you can do anything at all. But in Romans 6, it says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Do we preach and behave as though we have arrived? No. But this one thing we do, forgetting about the past, we press on. I want to encourage you that time is no longer on our side. We have played the 90 minutes. We are playing injury time. And the referee will blow the whistle any moment. Take good care of your work with God. And take good care of yourself. And take good care of your brother and your sister. Take good care. But there's no time to waste. The 90 minutes is gone. As for injury time, we are, and we are playing injury time. And the whistle will go any moment. But they that know they are God shall wax strong. Beloved, whilst grace is still available, let's make good use of grace. And grow in him and seek him and find him and please him because he calls us as holy brethren. He didn't say filthy brethren. He didn't say unholy brethren, but holy brethren. Consider the apostle. Look at look at Jesus, our master, the way he went. It is the way the master went. Should not the servant tread still. Christ is coming soon. We are playing injury time. Are you ready? If we went for penalties, don't allow the spirit of, I won't call the name. But in this one, it is not a football match. But the thing is that we are playing injury time. The last baton is in your hand, with my hands and your hands. Let's make sure that we will stop playing the buffoonery. Let's stop the jokes. Let's not deceive ourselves. Because perhaps in the last days, men will be deceived and they will deceive many. Amen. Because it's so strange that very important charismatic leaders who now will be drawing closer the Pope and all world church leaders are gathering for one world religion and these things are in the scriptures they are pointers letting us know that the clock is ticking. Injury time. If you understand football, you understand injury time. It is not like, because even if the 90 minutes have been played, beloved, there's no longer time on our side. But once at least you are life breathing now, put your life in order. Put your life in order. Amen? Put your life in order. Set the things straight. Set the records straight. Don't struggle to settle the matter with God. Because that can also hinder you. Amen.
let's not deceive ourselves. Because in the last days, there will be men who will be deceived and they will deceive others. Beloved, when COVID came, it took rich men. It took poor men. It took pastors. It took the anointed. The, the thing had no respect for persons. It was just a wake-up call. Beloved, we came to church. We closed and we went home. Eight o'clock, there was an announcement that churches cannot meet again till further notice. Hey! Oh, announcement. No, 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 no. No. It just came unexpected. We were all not prepared. These are only to let us know that so would he come. We were not prepared. He said, we should all take vaccines. And Revelation tells us that the time is coming that when you don't have the mark of the beast on your forehead or on your hand, you can't sell, you can't buy. Gradually, we are getting there. Oh. The other day, I went to the bank. I wanted to put money he said, Nagana card. The account is blocked. He said, you didn't register a Ghana card? No. Now, you want to breathe Ghana card. You want to hear Ghana card. Gradually. You watch all around us. There are cameras mounted everywhere. And, and you think... It's security systems. We are coming gradually. 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 Oh. Some places is happening faster than we can think. But when we would hold on to the Lord and be faithful in our work with God, whichever way it turns, we are covered. Whichever way it turns, we are covered. But if the Lord tour, here to her. So where would you run to? The Lord help us. There is a race that we must run. There are victories to be won. Purity and balance. Wisdom and stature. Behavioral patterns. <laughs> Pointing to Jesus. Can I hear?